0: What's going on, good people of the internet? It's time for Panel to Panel, the podcast where a bunch of folks shoot the breeze and talk about comic books and such. We are back once again, once again, for our Pride Month specials. We are having fun doing the damn thing. Uh, Today's episode is going to be a heavy one, but a fun one. Like, like like we've already talked about on our previous ones, this is our main episode for the week, issue number seventy seventy eight, and then we will have our second Pride annual t- tomorrow for you, good folks. Get ready for that. We are going to be pumping it up, having a good time. Matter of fact, I might wait till Tuesday that way I can like like do a little promotion, maybe Tuesday or Wednesday. But we'll find out. We'll see what happens. But, no, we're we're doing it big, having a good time, like, like enjoying Pride Month, and being as queer as fucking possible because we love pissing off the street. Sh- uh, but don't forget that you can l- listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Audible. Anywhere that you, l- you can listen to a podcast except for SoundCloud, you can find us because we don't support SoundCloud. and uh, I will never let that go. <laughs> um... You can uh, you can uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at P Two P underscore Podcast, where you will see us like, like doing some like like, like will do a little promotion. I'm starting to piss people off on, on TikTok with my comic opinion, and it's a fun time. So come on by and see that. <laughs> um, but get, well, for anybody who does follow me on t- don't, don't follow us on TikTok and is mad about my opinion about the Young Justice finale, I don't care, but it's fine. Um, my name is James Fortis. Uh to my left, we have the 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 afro amazing the the, the person who speed reads like a champion. Um uh, we have Travis Takahayado today. And he's gone.
1: Sorry. <clears throat> I'm doing great. Uh fucking I'm trying not to muddy the mix with my bong tote coughs, so Ah... Uh, uh. <laughs> It's Juneteenth, it's Pride Month, it's Father's Day. I'm at full power, y'all, so...
0: <laughs> <laughs> you got the fucking truth. Like, we... Are, like, this is the best day to do this, too. Alright, and then to my right, we have the woman who has joined the Blue Yeti Club. Woman who has some big-ass headphones on, because she didn't realize she would need some headphones for her Blue Yeti, but we love her anyway.
2: Look, look, they're <laughs> not. They're not even plugged into the damn microphone. I don't need to plug it into the computer. What the fuck? But yes, um, uh, per, per the audio issues for the last episode, I just bought a whole new fucking microphone. So if I sound like crap after, like, if, if I sound like crap in playback, I am just going to be so angry. I'm going to throw something out the goddamn window.
0: No, this is like the best you have ever sounded on recording, and I'm kind of high.
2: You're not picking up the air conditioner in the background, are you? Because I refuse oh, no, that, that, to turn it
0: off. Oh no! That, that's the one nice thing about this microphone. You have the right uh, cardio uh, function on. You don't hear
2: shit.
0: Like my my neighbors are blasting like the rock station and working on their trucks, and you can't. I love it.
2: Oh, also a thought. Um, I believe the best term to describe Travis in the opening is Afro amazing, not Afro amazing.
1: I don't even have an Afro no more, y'all. <laughs>
2: I still think Afro amazing is a fun term. Shut up.
0: I mean, like the fro is just part of your identity. Uh-huh. To...
2: You know what? It's it's, a, it's a state like, of mind, Travis. I got
1: my locks twisted. I did have a coworker be like, "Yeah, but the Afro is your personality." And I was like,
2: Please.
0: "Right, like <laughs> it's just who you are. Like you got to embrace it." Like not many enemies could say they had that they they got the fro off league. You could do that. Yeah. You ain't wrong. All right, so let's go ahead and dive into this. Let's um, th- go be a fun. Because um, a couple of years ago, when your boy was struggling, trying to find himself and his identity, and still does on a, on a daily basis, because this should be hard out here, Um, my amazing co-host slash sister is the Bob and hooked your boy up with this comic book. And... Needless to say, I was a mess, so, um, Mary, I'm gonna let you go ahead and talk, cause I, I, this is gonna be a fun <laughs> one.
2: But yes, a few years back I did send this book to James, and today we are going to be talking about uh, the DC comic Exit Stage Left, um, and, uh, yeah, as Exit Stage Left, The Snaggle Post Chronicles. And this was made around the rebirth reboot. That's that's weird to say, but um, there were a series of comic books in which um, Hanna Barbera's characters were licensed. Well, Warner Brothers basically owns Hanna Barbera characters, and so there were numerous books that were released. Um, there was Scooby uh, Scooby Doo Apocalypse was probably the big one. Um hell they did the one with uh Wacky Racing. They did a comic. Yeah, with ass.
0: Ass.
2: Um and two of the best, arguably, um uh one of them is the Flintstones, because that that book was just dope as all get out. Yeah. And then <laughs> we have uh uh Snaggle I mean it's exit stage left, but I think like we're just gonna call it Snaggle for right now. Yes. but um
1: easier
2: uh both the flintstones and snagglepost actually come from the same writer and that's mark russell and mark russell um who recently actually wrote the the uh the wonder twins comic uh mark russell specializes in satire and we're talking like actual honest to god satire um and like I I get really kind of weird about satire because I feel like it's almost lost on a lot of people today. And like, granted, I'm not trying to do the intellectual, not like other girls bullcrap, but I think it's not, you know, given the rise of, you know, things like South Park and Family Guy and whatnot, like, those are satirical shows, but they tend to kind of follow Horatio's line of satire, where you're basically just making fun of everybody. And it's meant to make people laugh. And Horatio, uh, he was a, uh, a Roman uh, satirist. But um, Mark Russell subscribes to your boy Juvenile. Not uh, not to be mistaken with Juvenile. That actually comes from a separate Latin word entirely. But uh, Juvenile was another Roman satirist who specialized in satire, uh Basically to make you depressed and angry. Granted, these are not like super in-depth literary definitions. But um, uh, uh, Juvenile wrote in the first century to the early second century CE. And in his satire, ironically, his main piece of work is called satires. Um, He uses it to rage against public officials and the government. Um, regarding their opinions quite frankly as not just wrong but straight up fucking evil like um, he addresses perceived social evil through scorn, outrage and savage ridicule and while there is a bit of humor in the book uh, Mark Russell he he's employed multiple kinds of satire but within Snagglepuss we kind of have that really nihilistic bitter satire that's meant to highlight the corruption of the time because Snagglepuss takes place in 1953 I believe and Snagglepuss is very loosely based off of Tennessee Williams who was an American playwright um, who was a satirist and uh, he wrote a bunch of stuff Mm -hmm. a streetcar named Desire
0: Cat on a hot tin roof.
2: Cat on a hot tin roof. Um, but yeah, so a lot of stuff came from that. And he was also super duper gay. Um, at one point, one of his partners was... Um, and it, we see a lot of little things from Tennessee Williams reflected in the play because um, Snagglepuss has a uh, a boyfriend who is Cuban. And Tennessee Williams had a... Um, boyfriend who was of Mexican descent so even just little things like that peppered throughout to really drive the point home that he's Tennessee Williams and um, there are it's not just Snagglepuss there are actually a legion of other Hanna-Barbera characters Um, Huckleberry Hound I would argue being the second most notable character in the book like important plot wise um you've got quick draw mcgraw in a a, a truly heartbreaking role oh. so like, um McGraw?
0: you got quick draw mcgraw you got uh oogie doggy you got mm-hmm. um you got friggin um peter P- Potamus in this thing like you got Squidly diddly like they they brought everybody out like everybody who isn't in like other titles like, 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 wacky races is in this book and they're not afraid to, like, be real with it. And It is just.
2: Yeah. Like, and the only my,
0: one from this lineup that isn't here is Yogi Bear. Kind of funny. Yeah.
2: And the uh, placement of the time period is um, important as well because in the 19, in the early 1950s, we had a senator by the name of McCarthy who was a gigantic douche waffle. And uh, we had the McCarthy trials and McCarthyism, the push against communism in the United States, where if you looked in slight, if, if you looked slightly in the wrong direction, you were essentially accused of being communist. So... Um, the book incorporates a lot of real world um, issues at the time. Uh, Snagglepost actually he has to testify Congress more th- testify before Congress more than once. Um, the Rosenbergs' execution is also in the book. Like these are pinnacle points in American history that um, honestly it 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 it's shaped even how American politics is now. The Red Scare. And we have a Roy Cohn stand-in, and it's just, you know, Roy Cohn was one of McCarthy's lackeys, who was probably a closet homosexual himself, and we see that reflected later in the book. So there is a lot of politically charged discourse going on. I would argue more so than Russell's other writings, because um, the Flintstones, for example, had an issue where they addressed the topic of gay marriage. And, um, it, it was, it was very much a tongue in cheek, but, you know, he uses it to essentially describe how useful the, uh, air, I'm using air quotes here, non-breeders would have been in that time period where they don't have children of their own, so they help take care of other people's kids, kind of a thing. You know, working as a group within your survival teams, I guess, whatever the hell you wanted to call it in the Neolithic age. So, that's meant to be more tongue-in-cheek. Exit Stage Left is easily described as soul-crushing and depressing. Like, it's tough. It's heavy. Uh, I find it necessary to lay down a content warning because uh, there is um, a lot of violence, uh, particularly, like, gay bashing, um, there is suicide, there is just, you know, fraught relationships, with parents, like it, it this book goes hard and I cannot describe, like, I cannot accurately describe how hard this book goes. So
0: like, it's, it's definitely one of those, those books where it's gonna beat you up, but it's, it's it, like, it will, it will be the world to you once you fully read it. And you never expect a freaking Hanna-Barbera cartoon character to be the one to be the vehicle for how powerful.
2: But if you are sensitive to things like that, this admittedly might not be the episode for you. So I just want to lay that down now because it's is—it's not subtle with what it does. And again, suicide, violence. Uh, If you are sensitive to any of that, you may want to tap out. But I, I do. The episode is worth sticking around for if you can. But please do not force yourself. We, safety above all, you know.
0: All right. That that's the best way we could possibly introduce. And thankfully, Mary put that together very.
2: Also, I have to say it at least once. But heavens to Murgatroyd.
0: I was already gonna do it, but yes, having <laughs> like the like because if anyone like had watched the old like Snagglepuss appearances and other Yogi Bear and stuff like that, like he very much is like meant to be. It's oh, he's sort hev- of that exa- exaggerated thing.
2: Oh, yeah, no, he's a Snagglepuss in the old Hanna Barbera stuff. He's heavily gay coded.
0: Like he's voiced by Dawes Butler. Like he's meant to come off like, this sort of quasi-Shakespearean way about him, it's very meant to be that way. So when he does have, like, the exit stage left catchphrase, the, like, Heavens to Betsy reference, but he made it his own kind of thing, it's it's very much meant to be. Like, like to this day, if Mark Russell wouldn't have been the one to do it, like, other people have. Like, there's even a famous Drawn Together episode, which I don't know like, if anyone even remembers Drawn Together. But like I love
2: that show. I hate that I love that show. Girl.
0: It's so good, though, but like like literally there's an episode where they talk about gay bashing, and Staggle puts a show with a blurred face like talking about gay bashing, so like that's how deep some of these cuts go, where like people knew from jump what he like like that he was gay, but you couldn't talk about it in media that much, so like other people had to be the ones to do it, and I I admittedly, it's kind of sad that after the Hanna-Barbera era ended. You didn't really see a lot of Snagglepuss around, like you saw kind of like a couple of cameos in the background, of Cars Network things, like he had a Billy and Mandy appearance, which I didn't even know about for a long time. So there's a, there's those couple moments that you still see him existing in the background that always you kind of cherish when you see it. And then recently, like I I, I think there was some discourse around the show Jellystone, but like I I did I couldn't find it. I remember there being like a, like a tweet a Twitter thing or something. That's People were upset about the new show Jellystone on HBO Max, but, like, I kind of enjoy it, and I enjoy that Snagglepuss is a main character. So I, I, I'm kind of hyped, because I, I, he even has his own talk show, so that's that's awesome. But, like, it's very fitting for him as a character, and I'm happy that he's sort of living... not really dying away from how he was back then. But no, this bug... It definitely goes hard. It, it, it is very subversive. And there's a big speech about subversion. So we, we are going to go ahead and dive into it. So issue one sort of like sort of tries to give you like like like, like set the scene of a couple on a date getting ready to go see a show. They're like super excited about it. They're on a date. They're like, like flirting back and forth. With joy and they're like, look at the time, Alice, we're late. Trying to find the tickets and all that jazz. And then we we pan over to Plus coming to um last airing of one of his plays, and like he gets out of the car w- uh, with his wife, and what obviously back in the day, that kind of thing was very much like like you would you would have your quote unquote wife, and then you would go you would have to be like go sort of into the underground to be yourself, and
2: it, it was uh, him- at the at the time it was called a lavender marriage really I did not. yes which is a made term for it. which is made even more hilarious by the fact that snagglepuss is pink
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, i thought it was called a beard if i'm being honest with you
0: i mean um uh, so you know when, when we're diving into this it, like it's very much like like, like like she's there she uh like uh lila lion is her own famous actress as a, as a part of this world so, like when you read this book you kind of have to put your Hanna Barbera hat on for a little bit and realize that like giant anthropomorphic animals are just a part of the world like there are like there's dogs and cats that, and like hippos and stuff that just have normal do- like jobs and whatnot so just
2: i mean with anthropomorphic creatures really aren't all that weird anymore with the rise of like furries and crap and you've got shows like Tuca and Birdie Jack Horseman so
0: yeah so it's not as bad as it used to be but I still wanted to make that clear that way where we're like yo there's a hippo running out of a theater on fire like people don't, aren't like what
2: yeah <laughs> um, oh, something that I do want to mention is that uh, Snagglepuss's wife Lila she's in on it like she knows uh, yeah and I, I, I find that interesting because it almost kind of, uh, morally, uh, it's the word I'm thinking of? Um, it's not the exact word I want to use, but I guess like pardons snagglepuss of the infidelity because we, you know, when you have period things like this, typically, you know, we do get a section about how, you know, these gay men were, um, essentially what they were putting their wives through. And if we even want to stick with the DC comparison, look at Doom Patrol with, um, you know, the whole thing with Negative Man is that his wife knows. She doesn't want to know, but she knows.
0: She's just like, yo, you need to come home and be a part of this family for your kids.
2: Yeah. And so I, I think it's interesting that we don't get that here. And I think it's one of those things where, honestly, you blink and you miss it. That you're like, oh, "Oh, okay, she's in on it. But it's actually a very significant thing. And honestly, it bypasses a lot of what would really be unnecessary drama in an already super depressing book.
0: Right. Like, we have enough going on. We don't need to have that drama, like, added in. Because, like, there's either a, a great scene where after the play... Like they're riding in the car, and, and she's like, You didn't. It, like, it was. A, it was a good like show. They love you." And, and, and he, he even says they don't even know the real. And she's just chilling, right along, listening to him. And she's like, "Good night." And like, like, get, like, gets out. And then he immediately goes out on, on the town on his own. And it's like that's so chill that they have that relationship and are like okay with doing that for each other. It's so cool. But yeah,
2: and I really ah. think I really think it speaks to her character. Most and also before I forget, um, there are a lot of bizarre cameos in this, and I think my favorite is Marilyn Monroe.
0: Yes, like, like, like I, I even like labeled in the in the uh, like the show The Marilyn Monroe issue because like that entire issue is, is just so freaking great. I like so we'll get to Um so you know, like the play is really well, like everyone loves him. Then he immediately like like once he drops off his, his wife goes to the Stonewall inn and like like goes in and meets with his his real boyfriend Pablo which is so like amazing like they even have that line of like get in here you fool like like that sort of like dr- dr- dramatic like dramatizing the relationship in a really nice way that i enjoy which yeah let's 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 rip that band-aid off too guys like real people are just like in love with animals let's just just rip it off now that way you're okay with it because it's gonna be a thing um but no like like, that's what we also see that like the, like the mom is in, is it on the bar, and then the cops come by and like, like and pick up their their money. Like, quick draw McGraw is the one who comes to pick up the money, but he also happens to be gay as well. So it's very funny that he's the one that comes by on the on the rounds. That's his beat that he's able to sort of protect the inn and not have to worry about the drama. That was like one of my favorite things about the book is that he just tries to protect it. And then on the television, while Snagglepuss and his boyfriend are at the bar, he sees continuation of the, of the of the McCarthy trials and whatnot. And they're trying to put um I forget what her name is. Um I can't find it on oh, the
2: account. um the
0: Oh yeah, uh, Lillian Hellman. Uh like like she's uh, like because I believe she was a famous writer as well. And she is put, being put on trial. And like the the key thing that I noticed about this book is they're, like, trying to say that, like, subversion writers and playwrights are these people that are, like, the ones hiding, hiding secrets and trying to ruin the American way of life as it was in the 1950s, so they're seen as communists and seen as the people trying to smuggle the communism into the country, and I'm just like, wow, y'all are really
3: dumb.
2: Honestly so, like, like that's how ridiculous and crazy that these kinds of things actually were and if we want to bring it a little closer to home um it's this in part gave rise to um the comic code authority yeah. because you know um there were congressional hearings like this for comic books that Frederick Wortham spoke at and it was you know 1954 is considered the death of the golden age so even then that ties it even more which creates kind of like an inadvertent meta-narrative but i haven't really slept and i'm getting I'm waxing poetic so you need to start with fiction
0: pardon um, me you need to sleep uh, fix your sleep schedule
2: girl i would if i could
0: Um, but no, and like one thing that really bugs me about this book as we continue on is like these people who are like all like like screaming at the writers as they're on trial, they're like, You need to help your country, you need to help us restore the way of life, you need to be like like be the ally and not the enemy. And I'm like, bro, what like it it, it kind of sort of even speaks to the alt-right in a way recently where they'll start saying things like 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 globalism and stuff like that, almost saying that we need to have a specific way of life, otherwise the world will fall to pieces. And they think that like homosexuality, like anybody who's not like like like, uh, like white, essentially that like if you're not like cis or white, that you are a problem that needs to be exterminated. And it's almost being echoed in this book from the, 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 the setting in the 1950s, where if we see you. As not what we picture as perfect, you are a communist of all things. And it's just like, like, can't people be different? Can't people be like a little bit off what you would believe them to be? No, okay, whatever. And it just is—it's very astounding. And what's even funny is like uh, Snagglepuss once like wants them to turn off the trial of the TV. His boyfriend's like, maybe you should watch, dude. Like. You you kind of should warn yourself and realize this is a problem. And they even reference um, like Cuba and their constant issues with, like with of uh, dictators and whatnot, and that how like, like homosexuality wasn't even approved of back then to the point that people were abused, and even the one person that did stand up to it ended up being killed the next day. So it's like this book isn't shy about talking about the actual matter, kind of. Um, this this. um. so the next day in the book Snagopus goes to meet with one of his idols apparently like back in the day there at the, at the Al- uh, Gakuin Hotel there was this collection a collective of different writers and poets and uh, playwrights that he always aspired to be like and the, or, or, one of the only ones left that is there uh, Dorothy I looked it up of this discussion and your boy um do where did it go where's the wiki I, but um but nah, like like the um Mary do you know about those cause like I, I cannot find my page that I had about this. lost damn it whatever it's fine um but no, like he he like he even says in one of the panels of you know this issue or the next issue where uh, they ask him what was he inspired by? It was the the Algonquin Round Table, like that how they, these writers always always aspire to be the voices of their era. And um, I actually found the article
1: badass.
3: Um, I mean, they
0: were um,
2: they were a real life thing. Like yeah. I I I think it goes back to like the late nineteen tens, early nineteen twenties.
0: Yeah. And like uh the one he goes to meet actually is Dorothy Parker, the, the famous poet. And he sits down with her and she straight up is just like, Yo, I don't get why you keep wanting to meet. And he's like he's that kind of like like a worshiper where he like tried to get her jobs and tried to keep her in the business and whatnot. But, like, after you go up against the trials and, like, you won't give up your conspirators, your fellow communists. Like, like your entire career is just blackballed and no one wants anything to do with you. So she very much has just kind of accepted her fate as just like, yo, the, the, there, there's nothing left for me. Like, like I like, don't need to worry about it anymore. And it's just like, he, she's, she's almost trying to warn Snagglepuss, like, yo, y- y- you don't need to keep banging on the door and keep trying to, like, work hard at it because, like, honestly, it, it doesn't matter in the end. And It's almost like sort of an allegory for people who just, like, give up on the fight versus the people who still believe the, there's still a fight to be had. And I, I kind of love that scene for that reason. Like, yo, he, he still has faith. He still believes in a way that you can still go to. And what we still see uh, like, peppering throughout the issue is this continuation of the couple who is, like, going to a show. We, But then, finally, towards the end of the issue, we finally see that they're not going to a Snagglepuss show. They're gonna yeah, go yeah. watch the Rosenbergs be killed. And you're like, what the fuck, bro? <laughs> it's just the idea that, like, back in that era, they were just, hey, okay with like, watching communists be killed as entertainment. they're like we're gonna watch as our way of life is restored and I that's just <clears throat> um the last pr- like, thing I think of note that happens in the issue is the well, one, one of the two things is Huckleberry Hound shows up Actually,
2: <laughs> I want to go ahead and jump in for a second if that's okay um just a little bit of historical information for, uh, p- particularly like non-American listeners, is that Julius and Ethel Rosenberg were essentially were uh, convicted of spying on behalf of the Soviet Union and sending a bunch of top secret plans, and they were both executed in 1953. Now, th- their guilt is. Um, a little dubious, but it was a major turning point in American politics, particularly during the Red Scare, because these people were straight up fucking executed. Like, oh. anyway,
0: Travis, Sorry. what are you doing?
2: You're making CC ramen.
0: Oh, what
2: is all that because doing? we're pick- <laughs> we're picking up all of it.
0: New hooligan. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: um, no, you good um but no like uh just like uh, so from there like the, 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 the like it just the like the alienation of these people's brains to be like yo we're gonna like watch the like, our way of life restored just kind of like freaked me out in a big way and it just like the the, the the man of the couple that went to go see this there's just a dog with glasses next to him and i just i love that so much like even the animals you- like, you
2: really so cannot sad. get over the anthropomorphic thing, can you?
0: It's so much fun. I love it. Like, I just, it's so, it's so much fun. So great. Like, we're just like, yo, animals are here too. It's so much fun. I, 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 um, but no, Huckleberry Hound rolls into town. But it's fine. God damn it. Um, but no, he, he basically shows up to visit Snagglepuss. And Snagglepuss is like, yo, I, I didn't know he was coming to visit, the fuck? And it's a whole thing, and and he's just saying like, oh, I'm moving to the big city," and it, it, like, not really any explanation or anything like that. But th- like throughout the thing, it's just, "Oh, he's back, and he's going to be this thread that's there," which is kind of cool. The other big thing of note is that the um the person who's going to be our big antagonist for the rest of the book shows up in the form of Gigi Allen, who is going to be the assistant from the State Department, who's going to be helping them hunt down these. Subversive,
1: these playwrights that are. Hold on, time out, time out. Did you say Gigi Allen? Yes. Yes. I feel like that should have been the first red flag for everyone.
3: I mean, those unaware,
1: Gigi Allen is a well-known Klansman punk rocker. (laughs) Oh shit! (laughs) Go ahead and Google Gigi Allen and find out. (laughs)
0: Um. So yeah, know, that just like she rolls into town and like says, "Yo, like like we have to crush this, like, like this threat before it like, like it, it because we are in a moral struggle as well." And it's like that is that is a thing right there. And it's like, um, like, like they they even, even kind of tell her like, "Yo, we can't just in this like these people." Are American citizens, and it's like, no, no, they're they're a threat. They're they're literally a threat. We have to deal with it.
2: Roy Cohn. she she's Roy Cohn.
0: So it's it, it's very much that kind of book, and, and they start to wonder, like, hey, what is going to be your first step? And it's like, yo, we're going out after Snagglepuss. Well, we already went after Snagglepuss. Not when we got some dirt, and it shows him walking into the Stonewall. And I'm like, y'all man, this and-
2: Something I want to point out is that we really do see her kind of do a lot of crazy shit in the book. And this is oftentimes the same caliber of shit that Roy Cohn would do. Like, this was an honest-to-God, like, witch hunt. So, like, you can look at her actions in the book and you can sit here and go, wow, this bitch is crazy. But, like, no, these were things that were done to actual people in real life by Roy Cohn. Damn
0: um so from there we move on to issue two and issue two is even more blatant about it where it opens with her trying to talk to these uh to like these like white like uh, like senators and governors talking about like yo this is like gonna get worse if you don't listen to me because who cares about the theater if the theater ends up being nuked by a hot hydrogen bomb like it even shows these people like sitting in theater seats as skeletons to even sort of, like, like, illustrate that point. And she even keeps saying throughout the book, like, need I remind you that Russians have hydrogen bombs now. We need to be ready. We need to eliminate the threat. You get specific with the bombs, <laughs> GG. So it's just, it's, it's very, like, I ha- I have to commend uh the artist of this book because uh Mike Feehan he not only does a really good well of incorporating the animal naturally into the art, but the expressions he does with that, like with the humans, especially, almost makes oh, yeah. them straight up just caricatures. But also, the expressions are just iconic. Like, oh yeah, just like, one, just one panel of Gigi just yelling so on the nose of sort of the insanity that comes across when you're trying to, come like, like, like speak like this. So and she's just, even I got, she's
2: that. even got crazy hands.
0: He even like goes on this whole tirade about like when it like when it comes to like truth and justice and whatnot, like the only thing that matters is that the person flying over our country with a bomb isn't worried about like the children or the culture or the, anything like anything like that. they're worried about serving their 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 country motherland. they don't give a fuck about us, They we care about what what like what their job is, so when he presses the button, that's all that's gonna matter. <laughs> like that, like they don't <laughs> care about anything like that.
2: So, there like, is, there is something weirdly Doctor Strange love about this whole scene because she is going off the rails. Like I don't know. No,
0: you're right. It's freaking nuts. Um, and then from there, when we move back to the play circuit, where um, I didn't mention the first issue, but uh, Oogie Doggy makes a cameo, and, and like, like he ends up being a super big fan of Stagelpus. He's like, I want to be a writer like you, and he's kind of like, man, to be a writer like me, you gotta, you gotta like realize that our art is for their amusement, even if they don't like it. And he tells a story about how he became like a, a playwright and all this stuff about how the, the 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 day like the the whole theater was burning down. And he's yelling at the top of his lungs, there's a fire! We're all gonna die! And, like, they didn't even believe him, because when he ran on stage, they thought it was part of the act. And it was just, that's when he realized that people just care about the show. They don't care about real life, because that's how hardcore escapism can be sometimes. And from then on, like, he sort of just sort of brings uh, Oogie Doogie along to be uh, his new uh, script boy. And who, who does he, like, like, bring him into because of, like, him being the, the uh, the, uh, like, the, the stage manager and fucking Peter Potamus? And Peter Potamus is the most dramatic motherfucker I've ever met in my entire life.
3: <laughs> and the expressions they give him in this book are... Mary, where you? Hello? Mary? Did Mary die?
2: No, you're cutting out badly. Am I? Yeah.
0: Travis, am I cutting out?
1: Yes. Shit, that's not good. Um, I thought that was my connection. I was kind of just getting through it.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'm going to turn off the, the the Logitech shit and hopefully that'll fix that. But yeah. Um. But yeah, that's weird. I was cutting out. But, you know, Peter Potamus is just a dramatic motherfucker. and It's just so funny. Like, he's like, can we fire the lead? The lead is a fucking train wreck. And what I love so much about, the, uh, like, like, the plays that Snacklepuss does is that there's multiple different roles that are, like, specifically the animals. And you'll see whether it is a cat person playing a dog or a human playing a dog. They they purposely put them in like the ears and in, in the fake nose and it's so like well done because they want to tell those stories regardless of, of it. Like I don't want like, like I I, I don't want to say it's almost like the the like changing races, but it's 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 tastefully done. If that makes sense. So it's just it's it, I I really enjoy it. But what, what really annoys me about this is that you kind of see. Literally Clint Eastwood being in this play because he's trying to find his voice as an actor on the stage, and like, like, it's like sort of hidden throughout the whole book that it's Clint fucking Eastwood. And at first, you don't really kind of realize it, but as as the story goes on, you notice it, and you're just kind of like, why, why, why does Nagelpus keep giving this guy chances? He's kind of a failure because he's like, what's the motivation? And like, that no, this character isn't believable, and it's like. And
2: do you (laughs) want to know uh, something a bit uh, kind of funny about this is that it's kind of a multifaceted joke because the um, uh, the actor's name is Marion and, you know, he's a very tough guy. Like James said, they're dropping hints left and right that, you know, he's probably Clint Eastwood. But uh, something else to add to that is again he is a man and he has the name Marion, which is a name that we typically associate with women nowadays. Um, uh, yeah, for example, like Ashley actually used to be a masculine name, but um, Mar- Marion is actually John Wayne's first name.
1: Also, oh. Shug Knight's first name.
2: Yep. But you know, uh John I know
1: either of those things.
2: But John Wayne, um, in one of his first movies, uh my dad loved telling me this story, is that, that basically his name was um Marion Robert Morrison, I think. But you know, um so the legend goes is the way my dad used to tell it. Was that the director didn't think the name was manly enough for him to do all these, you know, manly Western roles because John was a huge western actor uh even when he did he did a lot of war pictures uh oh my god i just like chan- be a job stage, but i,
0: might be, I, I, don't I know just there.
2: i just channeled my grandmother there from, i called them pictures um <laughs> but um hell he he was in a bunch of war movies a bunch of like spaghetti westerns like So, I I think that's interesting that it's a multifaceted joke that his name is Marion. So, I'm actually, you know, as we're talking about this, I wonder if he's supposed to be John Wayne.
0: That's what I'm thinking. I I wonder if it is John Wayne or not Clayton's one. I I might have been totally wrong. But, like, it makes sense regardless. Like, that is kind of on the nose. Um, So, from there, we see uh, Snagglepuss go see a gentleman, an older gentleman in a nursing home, and just wants to, like, he says he's a volunteer, wants to talk. And he he dude's like bro, I didn't ask for a volunteer. I don't want you here. He's like 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 I'm just here. Like like no one else wanted to talk, so I'm here to hang out. And like 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 dude lights a cigarette, hangs out with them, wants to hear about his life and whatnot. And he, like he, it just it's a really interesting little like time. Uh, like we, like it's sort of just there as a little pocket of a moment for later on. And I really enjoyed that. But then he goes Zagopus goes down the hall. It finds Squidly Diddly play, playing a guitar for all of the old people in the retirement home, and it is the funniest shit. And like they're 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 wanting to kill him and eat him and shit. And he's like, bro, like I don't want to be here. Like, I like I enjoy it. I've been here about a month, but like I I, I, I would rather be doing some other shit. And he's like, bro, c- come with me. I'll get you a job. That's fine. Um, my favorite up,
2: my favorite line bro. is keep singing cephalopod.
3: <laughs>
2: Very much like I, I, it, it, it gives me Doctor Zoidberg vibes here,
0: right? And like, there's the, there's the moment of the, like I think it's a later issue where he's like he's back at the the, the nursing home and like like the, one of the, one of the one of the old people wants to eat him, and I'm like, bro, that's so fucked. <laughs> um. So then uh, Marion and like the the, the the actor what comes with. Snagglepuss like just sort of gets some inspiration. He comes with him to go see Huckleberry Hound, and he's like, Yo, I was about to eat dinner." Like his Huckleberry Hound had like made up a TV dinner. Now that he's living in the big city, he thinks a TV dinner is the hot shit. Um, but then out of nowhere, Snagglepuss wants to take him out, and we start learning about why. Oh, Snag- I mean, you know, Huckleberry's in town, and come to find out, he had an affair uh, like, well, like, uh, like on his wife. With the gay man, he doesn't say that in like, like the Snagglepuss. Originally, he he just sort of says he had an affair, and the like like the police got involved and said if he left quietly, no one would ever find out because this, this narrative. huckleberry Hammond is a famous writer. He like is a novelist, so they're like, yo, we won't ruin your career if you just leave town. Don't fuck with your family again. We won't bother you. It's like cool, whatever. So now, the idea. I think...
2: Go ahead. I, I love when you
0: interrupt. Awesome. I was going like, to say give more knowledge.
2: That I love the idea here is that Huckleberry Hound is essentially presented as the the opposite. He's the other side of the coin from Snagglebus. Whereas you know Snagglepuss, he's in a lavender marriage. You know. He's got a beard, um, you know, he's got a beard, he's got a boyfriend, a, a seemingly still relative. He, he's very popular still. But, um, you know, it's like I mentioned at the beginning of the show that it, we, it kind of absolves him. Absolves, that's the word I was trying to think of. You know, Snagglepuss is absolved from the shame of an affair because his wife is in on it. Huckleberry Hound's wife was not. And we actually see she's the one that makes the calls. Uh, she hired a, a private investigator, and you know he was
3: wondering why he was never home.
2: Yeah, and like they have a young son too. So Huckleberry Hound essentially loses everything because he got caught. So this is very much the other side of the coin, and I think you know this is where we start to see Snaggle Puss's fears take root. Is that this is what will happen to him, plus or minus children, but he will be ruined and things do not get better for huckleberry Hound.
0: so yeah but, he comes to town and he's like i lost everything i lost my wife my kid like like every everything's just gone for me and he like he genuinely just walks up on the pier to this like dude in a leather random jacket dude this random ass dude like yo like would you like, like, look, like another look. cigarette or, or, you, or are you into the dirty and dude just knocks him on his fucking ass like get away from me you deviant i'm like bro
2: i mean i will admit i might have a similar reaction if some woman walked Don't up to me and,
3: oh gosh.
2: like if some woman walked up to me and said hey you want DTF and like, like, mm-hmm. hey, are you DTF? And I'm like, I don't know you.
1: You can't put it. You have to, if they offer you a cigarette and say, do you want a pilgrimage of the flesh? I'm looking mm-hmm. right at it. Yeah, you
2: know, so. you know, that's how I should have tried to pick up Victoria.
3: Because
2: <laughs> we both used and to he- smoke. Like, I should have offered her a cigarette and said, would you like to have a pilgrimage of the flesh? And. <laughs> she would not have married me at, at all. That's a
0: <laughs> So, you know, the, 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 this bold ass motherfucker in a leather jacket just knocks Huckleberry Barry out of his ass. He's, like, that, like, I love the, like, the, the the iconic line of deviant because that's what these people were seen as. They, they were seen as, like, sodomites and deviants and horrible individuals because of the fact that, like, they wanted to find their true loves, and it fucking sucks. So it's well, just, and... and
2: oh. Also, keep in mind that the American Psychiatric Association, prior to, I want to say, 1974, ruled that homosexuality was a mental disorder. So, they literally thought these people were sick, both morally and medically. So, But it wasn't until the early 70s where the American Psychiatric Association went, hey, uh, we fucked up. Sorry. And we can blame Freud for a lot of this. Yeah. See, James is like, here. To, James is here to tell you about a, about the book, and I'm just here to provide truly depressing commentary.
0: Which is fine because, like, like you give the insight that I don't know, and I just like I have the knowledge, but it's hard to articulate because of how painful this. Is. Like, even just like like the way uh, like uh, describes it, it's very much. Like that, like watching Huggy get smacked on his ass was watching a parachute fail to open, and it's like with us as a group, we're able to articulate what's needed for the the, uh, the listener because of how heavy this book is. And also, it, I
2: realized: does this technically qualify as emotional abuse of Travis? Because Travis Ouch. has he has no idea what's around the corner.
0: Ouch! I didn't even think about it like that. Okay. Um,
2: <laughs> Travis, we, won't be, we You have my apologies, but we will not be paying for your therapy.
0: No,
1: you—you <laughs> you already made me read *Fema Furies*, and that had me fucked oh. up. Oh, yeah, that—that—that that, that, that
0: So from there, they go by a diner because they want to like help, help Huck recover from getting his ass beat. And like like Snagglebush, just he's an old an old friend uh, that that is a writer that went in front of the the, the McCarthy hearings, and he's like like Are you okay? What are you doing here? Why are you leaving town? And she's like, bro, like all of these fucking political people got a hold of all the major theaters and publishers, and have like sent them the same like cover letter of uh, of what to say when I apply. And there's a specific misspelling, by like like, like, like articulated and everything of like we don't why like, we don't want you because we're like we're, we're blackballing you for this reason. It's so fucked. And then out of nowhere, Snagglepuss gets a message: to go to go to, uh, to, uh, to the hotel for a meeting. Who happens to be there?
3: It's G-G Allen. <laughs> One second. Um. Another interesting
2: piece of set design on behalf of the artist. Yeah. Um, when they're walking through and they're walking past the diner when they go in, it's Norman Rockwell's diner from the painting.
3: Oh, shit.
2: Yeah, the um, uh, Nighthawks. That's what the painting is called. And, you know, it, it's a very classic piece of Americana and if you actually... Let me throw the painting in Discord, and um, like it, it's actually very stark because a lot of Norman Rockwell's paintings are seen as classic Americana, like um, American Gothic, for example. You know, standing there with fucking pitchfork. Like, how how many times have we seen that? You know, in what have you? You you know, paired is like comic book covers and. Just a whole bunch of stuff. So I think it's interesting that we're juxtaposing this with Norman Rockwell. Let me go ahead and throw this up at the Discord. Maybe if it will cooperate. There it is.
0: Actually, kind of nice. But But do you see what I mean? Yeah, I didn't even realize that was the freaking diner.
2: But like, if you notice, it even has the two coffee pots in the background. And right. um, if you go to the next page, when you have Mary and Huckleberry Town sitting there, they look like uh, the two people in the counter at the painting. So it- it's interesting to see that, you know, here are queer people in classic Americana. And this is why I really like Mark Russell is that this is brilliantly designed and really nothing is wasted in any of his pages. I mean, granted, some of the books, you know, some of his satire is a bit hit and miss, but uh, like Prez, for example, that has, it missed the mark in some places, but just these little subtle touches I really, really enjoy about this book. Again, sorry for interrupting.
0: No, you're good. I, I, like I said, I will never like stop you from interrupting because you have the knowledge that I don't have. I like, I never realized that was that. I'm kind of in shock that I didn't notice. That. Um. So yeah, no. Like, what I, I just I I am very bothered that they have this sort of excuse me this sort of like blackballed letter prepared for anybody who doesn't cooperate because there's so many people not only who just don't have knowledge of like what these people want in terms of communism and whatnot, but also just, they don't want to turn in writers just for no reason. They don't want to do that. Why would they want to subject anybody else to these hearings when they have no purpose? They're not doing anything wrong. They're just living their lives. People don't like that. So the fact that she's now having to leave town, this other writer, because they were being blackballed is just horrible. And then, the way Gigi Allen expresses herself when she meets with Snagglepuss is just very interesting because she's like trying to convince him to come back on the hearings and give up uh, all of his friends because he is America's greatest playwright in this universe. And he's flat out just like, no, I don't give a damn what you want me to do. Like you want me to just like just torture people for no fucking reason. And he he isn't a fan of it. Like, if anything, you're enlisting like 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 you want me to help you fight the Soviets when you're enlisting Soviets to help you control what we say and do. Like, you want us to be this certain certain way of life. If anything, that's more communist than, than the fucking communism you're trying to fight. And it's kind of hilarious. So then he stands up and just says, "Bye, bitch," <laughs> and I love it. Um, from there we have. Uh like, like like him going back to the theater to prepare brings Squidly Diddley on board. Uh to, And I love this line that uh Peter Potamus is like like he asked the squid if he's a religious man, and he goes, No. It's like good, you're hired. You're, so you're, like, you're hired. <laughs> I'm like, what? Why would the squid be religious? That's so weird. Mm-hmm. Um and then and then from there we have um, which I like, which I now feel better is like saying that it's John Wayne walking out on stage, basically rewriting the entire play on his own. And like, like, like there's even a moment where Peter Potamus is like, "This is not in the script." What the fuck? And Snagglepuss is like, "Nah, let, let him roll. Let's we'll, we'll see what happens." And this dude rolls up on stage, dressed as Huckleberry Hound, and basically tells Huckleberry Hound's whole life story and dr- and dramatizes the fuck out of it. To where he's, like, tearing off his shirt, yelling, do you see me, Lord? The shattered vessel? Do you see your reflection in the shards of my brokenness? I'm like, damn, man, you, like, really took this this broken dog's whole life in your hands and made it this masterpiece. Like, goddamn.
2: And then (laughs) he gets subpoenaed.
0: Yeah, and then Zagabuz gets fucking subpoenaed because he didn't want to play ball with Gigi. I'm like, at the end of the, at the, end of the issue. And I'm just like, really? <laughs> like, what do you think he's going to do? He's not going to say anything else. Like, what is your thought process? I just, I don't get it, I know. But from there, we have finished issue two. We got, we got four more to go. Because, uh, like, thankfully, the, the rest of the issues sort of blend together very quickly. Where we have, um, it's like Snagglepuss going on the radio, not the television, and bringing Huckleberry Hound with him because he's trying to like revitalize his career, help him regain a standpoint. Like now that like he's like, in the city, he wants to like help him recover from like from his like his affair and being like made to leave town, and he has this line with, like with the, the the TV host where he's like. Uh, Yo, puss, once you said that TV was a sham, why are you on TV now? And he's like, oh, did I say that? I didn't mean that. What I meant was TV and theater are two different things, and I see myself as more needed in the. And then, like, he goes in this whole speech about how, like, TV is more two-dimensional versus theater, allows characters to out, which, all right, I I I I I can see that. It Which was, It was kind of, like, very well done for an opening to the book. And from there, we still have motherfucking Peter Potamus calling uh, Snagglepuss going, your lead fucking sucks. I need you to fire this, man. <laughs> and Snagglepuss is like, bro, I'll, I'll, I'll take care of it. Chill. Peter Potamus is a dramatic motherfucker. Now this right here is the Marilyn Monroe-ish. I've been waiting for this because we have the famous set piece like of this issue where we have like Marilyn's true love, which was, uh, like, like, I believe he was a writer. He, yeah, was a, he, you know, he,
2: he was, uh, Arthur Miller was a playwright.
0: Yeah. And like, he, like, and he calls, um, was freaking the fuck out. Like, yo, I need you to come help me. Like, like the that they, the, uh, cause Joe DiMaggio is running around town. Think it like, like trying to find Marilyn Monroe's like real relationship person. And I I need you to cover for me cause you gay. And it's like, all right, I guess. Fine. Nagelpuss pulls up. Marilyn Monroe's getting ready to go. And Arthur Arthur's like, I'm I'm thank you, dog. Thank you. Cause I don't want to get my ass killed by Joe DiMaggio. And they even show this page of, of Joe DiMaggio running around town with a book of flame of famous New York playwrights. And I'm like Oh shit! <laughs> so you, you, Maryland's like super thankful, like kisses Snagglepost like that, and and, and, and like they flat out go like he won't kill you because you're freaking gay, and, and Snagglepost is like, damn, really
3: isn't that obvious? <laughs> so, I, I
2: do love, I do love that when they meet, Dimaggio, Snagglepost is like, good luck with the basketball, Mister Dimaggio.
0: Yeah, like that line is so fucking funny, and like. I genuinely enjoy the next couple pages because they, they actually try to like flesh out Joe DiMaggio as a character in the midst of this entire narrative where he's like, I don't think Marilyn will ever love me. Uh, I'm the son of immigrants. My dad's boat was taken from him. I don't matter as much. Like, I'll always be good with the ball, but like, will she, will she ever fully love me? And like, Marilyn walks in, like, What's up, man? I was, a uh, snaggle was just showing me around town. And he goes, Oh, oh, Snagopus? Oh, okay. Cool. Oh, I feel like an asshole. <laughs> and Snagopus goes outside, calls Arthur, and goes, Bitch, I am never doing that again.
2: <laughs> he looks and so grumpy.
0: Just, he looks so angry, like, like, like he fangs out and everything. And it's like, it shows that after a while, you kind of get tired of being covered. You get tired of being exposed well and used with, like, just because you are gay.
2: That shouldn't be your
0: job to be someone else's tool. And that I've had to deal with. It. So, like, I, I genuinely felt him in that moment. And, like, Huckleberry Hound just rolls through, like, hey, man, you, you doing all right? Like, we don't, like, and he's like, yeah, man, I got you. I'm good. That, but like, like, he takes Huckleberry Hound the Stonewall in. And, freaking, <laughs> Huckleberry Hound says, sweet Jesus, diabetes. Unfortunately. <laughs>
2: I just heard that line in, like, Wilford Brindley's voice. You, you know, the guy who used to do, like, the diabetes commercials, and he would call it diabetes.
1: <laughs> oh, man. I have he's, diabetes.
0: Because he's like, sweet Jesus diabetes. How is this possible? Because, like, Uncle Mary House genuinely shocked. And ironically, this is the reaction I had when I found out that gay bars existed. Cause I was like, yo, there's a place where we can be ourselves. There's a place where we don't have to like hide our true self from anybody. And there's just everyone having a good time. Like, um, uh like, like Snagglebus walks over to Pablo and is like, you know, like, on with the mob. No one asks no questions. We chill and having a good time. Quick Draw McGraw walks by, like, yo, what's up? Like, 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 gets his money and rolls out. It,
2: it's a really chill
0: moment. And then, uh-uh. that's, that's
2: something that we should extrapolate on is uh, the fact that Quick Drama Gras is there to do a pickup. And that pickup is a very inconspicuous envelope stuffed full of cash. And it was um, a very popular... Well, it wasn't popular, but it was a well-known practice with gay and lesbian bars at the time that they were frequently raided by police, again, because this was illegal. So the bars would um pay off law enforcement and you know the Stonewall Inn frequently paid off law enforcement just to keep their patrons safe so um it, it's presented as very matter of fact but it's one of those things that it slowly starts to sink in that it mm-hmm. comes up again when Stonewall is raided and I want to say in the next issue
0: yep and it, like it, it, like just the and it, it, like they like because at first they don't even really acknowledge that quick draw is like part, part of the part of the like the, the, the group. It's very much just hey yo he coming to pick up his money and roll out. And it, it's very well done, and I enjoy that. Like it just the subtleness of it, like 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 in the background, they kind of just go with it. And I love Huckleberry House's reaction of being like, "On this day, I'm reborn because I can be myself." That is so genuine because he finally feels that he can be free and it's, just, it's really nice um from there we see pablo like still ha- like 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 looking at the news and seeing the regime changes in cuba and like i can't really speak on the, the, the struggles of like like Cubans in that era but the passion that uh, pablo has for like like this era is so like, 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 just in, like real. Because while he wants to be there for Snagglepuss and be there and be like, 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 like with him, he very much has this drive to go back and like and help, like, 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 like fix Cuba away from this issue. And I just so nice. It's 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 very well done in a very tasteful way, and I really enjoy it a lot. <laughs> like, just because I, like, I I don't know everything about this stuff, I can't really like a like, strap laid on it so the fact that Mark Russell does One it in word. a spatial way
2: One word communism
0: uh, <laughs> Yeah I mean you're not wrong
2: <laughs> It's always um, Oh so my Travis, god
0: like, I'm sorry now that we're at, No you're fine um, Travis now that we're at, like halfway through issue 3 how are you feeling about the book so far Oh I thought we were
1: at the end of issue 3 hold on
2: We're, we're, so, about, we're,
1: about, we're about there We're about there
2: well, well Travis catches up James let me add a bit more historical context since I almost coughed myself to death. Um, my, um, <laughs> I, don't, like, I didn't mute fast enough and my allergies are kicking my ass. But again, oh no. this is set in 1953. And on July 26th of 1953, the Cuban Revolution kicked off. And it actually went until like 59. So this is a six-year revolution and that's what Pablo's talking about. But the Cuban Revolution culminated with Castro's rise to power that it was an armed revolt and it was conducted by Castro and his fellow revolutionaries. So, um, you know, Cuba at the time was under a military dictatorship and that's what Pablo was talking about is that, you know, he wants to go back and help free Cuba from a military dictatorship. And after Castro took power, Cuba took a hard <laughs> hard left into communism. Uh- so here... We see the whole communist plot tying in with it, because in the the early 50s, and particularly during the Cuban Revolution, um, communism was a huge focus, particularly in the United States, because the United States and Cuba are relatively close to each other. So, um, and then obviously this would become an even bigger deal in the Cuban Missile Crisis in the 1960s, because the Soviets rolled up and decided to put a bunch of missiles in Cuba, which put them within striking distance of the United States. So uh, this is kind of where we're seeing that groundwork, where again, we have, you know, the whole thing of communism coming back to it. And Pablo is very passionate about wanting to free his people. And so I think this is an interesting bit of commentary from Russell. And again, that nothing, nothing is wasted. And that Russell did a lot of research going into this.
3: Uh-huh.
0: Most definitely. And there's this moment that I kind of appreciate where like Snagglepuss is straight up. just like, I'm just, I'm just glad you're not there in the danger. And flat out Pop was like, what the fuck do you mean, dude? Like, I would love to be there in the battle. And he's like, that's not what I meant. I didn't mean to like, 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 like invalidate your concern and your, your w- want to fight. But I'm, I'm, I care about your safety. And, like, then Pablo leaves in anger, and fucking Stagopus goes, what, what, what got into his butter? I just love that. Line. And
2: if you'll, if, if you'll give me another minute for literary analysis, if you will, I think it's very, very interesting that this conversation takes place within Stonewall. Because, you know, Pablo is giving an impassioned speech about wanting to go help his people. And, you know, it it was a violent armed conflict. You know, like I said, it went on for six years. But here, you know, they're talking about this in Stonewall and Snagglepuss is like, look, I don't want, you know, like James, like you just said, you know, Snagglepuss is like, look, I don't want you in danger. And I think we can apply this to Stonewall itself. Because, you know, the Stonewall riots or the Stonewall rebellion, if you will, um, happened in 1969. Where the cops raided Stonewall and it, um, it, shit blew up. And, you know, this is where, um, famous, uh, queer figures like Martha P. Johnson, Sylvia Rivera, you know, they were out. Now, there is a matter of debate where Martha P. Johnson threw a brick or a shot glass, but I, I think it was in, re- in reality, I think she threw a shot glass at the wall. But anyway, but there, you know, we see. It's essentially an armed conflict of queer people trying to protect each other. And Snagglepuss, who is a closeted figure, is talking about wanting to keep keep Pablo out of harm's way. And so here, again, we have that dichotomy of, you know, there were a lot of closeted people that, you know, didn't really want to get involved with Stonewall because it was dangerous. The cops were arresting everybody. And you know, they thought it is dangerous, and to the point that uh, Edie Windsor, who was um, towards the latter half of her life, ended up being an absolutely titan of queer activism in the United States, uh, made famous by um, the fight she took to the Supreme Court, which is like the dopest named um, political trial of all time: the the United States versus Windsor. But Edie Windsor lived near Stonewall during the rebellion, and she actually, you know, saw it, and she backed away because it was too dangerous, and she was living with her uh, with her longtime lover at the time. And so, like, it's interesting to see this dichotomy reflected, you know, with communism, but it's happening in Stonewall where we're going to see something like this, you know, in a little over 10 years. So it, it's just it, it's multi layered, and, okay. and and like is it, what I'm saying. Like, it, is it making any sense, or am I just kind no, it of is. Like,
0: no? is. Like you're did... and You're making a really good analogy with this because yeah, like you don't okay, want people like in the fire, but like people, sometimes, sometimes battles it's have to be necessary.
2: fought. Sometimes it's necessary. See, I never know yeah. when I'm giving like actually good analysis, or if I have firmly placed my head up my butt.
0: Gosh. <laughs> um yeah you hit it around the nose and from there what what, one of these scenes and it's 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 ironic that we're talking about this on father's day because of the juxtaposition that's in this book about this this older gentleman that's in this the story that snagglepuss keeps going to see and then we see him take lila wine to go see like this older gentleman and go like hey like "You're, you're going through it you're getting old how you how you doing and he he tells uh, Lila like this, is this older guy that I started being a volunteer for. His son works on Broadway too, you know. And like 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 tell, like tell, like the the father the, like the older gentleman tells him, hey, you know, like my 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 son works on Broadway. Um, like like uh, my wife his uh, his his mother is the like he's the one who killed her because she, like she died of a broken heart. Uh, like he even says that uh he was his uh, her periscope into the world. And she just got sick and died. And they do a very good like like painful shot of like him standing there, but the like m- mother crying out for the son in the bed. And it's just really painful to watch. But then the dad has a letter from the son saying, like, yo, I'm like, I'm sorry. I I, I need to go like, like like see the world for myself and whatnot. And like they they go to leave and dude flat out is just like yeah sure you can come see me whatever you want like i can't stop you and it kind of makes you start to wonder like is this old man kind of like going nuts or is he blind like what's going on there and if i there,
2: if i may goodbye. um yeah. i i don't know, like should we reveal the big twist with the guy he keeps going to see
0: I mean, I was kind of being facetious about it, but, like, you know, like, it's very obvious, like, that
2: well, like, that's, Snagglepuss is... It, okay. it's, his, it's his actual father.
0: Yeah, like, he keeps going to see his dad. His dad's in a nursing home, but and his dad he, he like, like, doesn't know it's him.
2: But here's the interesting thing, is that this is another chapter taken from Tennessee Williams' actual life. That Tennessee Williams had a sister, and his sister suffered from schizophrenia. And he actually used his not inconsiderable money at the time uh, to move her into a private care facility. And he would go see her very frequently. Like, he was, he, he was constantly, like, not constantly, but he spent a lot of time with his sister. And there were times where allegedly she could not recognize him. She knew she had a brother, but, you know, didn't, you know, she couldn't put the pieces together. And it actually, her schizophrenia was apparently so severe that towards the end of Tennessee Williams' life, he was literally driving himself mad with fear that he was going to get, he was going to develop schizophrenia as well. So, again, here's another, I I think it's interesting that here is something from Tennessee Williams' actual life that we're seeing on the screen, on, on the page, excuse me.
0: Like the way they even like talk about it, how this dad is so just like mad at the son for like 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 killing his mom. It's like, bro, that was never his intention. But it makes me makes you wonder if the, the dad even realizes it it's kinda nuts. Um from there, like um Lila and Snagopus go to go to uh, to the Guggenheim mansion for an event where all like these uppity people are having a good time talking and there's these two gentlemen that that I that I wanted to highlight specifically where they talk about how that like, like the the McCarthy stuff is like the McCarthyism is flat out the Salem witch trials they're hunting these people without cause they're hunting them because they're a subversion on what they believe is the true way of life and like it doesn't even matter What they do, their careers are going to die. And the one guy even says, even Plus, he has no idea what he's in for if he doesn't just sign up and go along with it. It's it's kind of heartbreaking.
2: The play that they're talking about is the Crucible that was written by Arthur Miller. (laughs) (laughs) And the Crucible is a thinly veiled um, uh, allegory of. McCarthyism so I think it's funny that you know not even 20 pages ago we were meeting with Arthur Miller and here we're discussing The Crucible which is a very good play actually
1: Uh, so random oh god random real life stuff my boss is texting me and I appreciate the happy father's day but I don't know how to feel about the happy Juneteenth
3: <laughs> mm.
2: oh um oh
0: uh, (laughs) like ah white people I I get it you want to be an ally but uh,
2: I feel like that's I I feel like it it seems like it's well meaning but a a lot of I I don't think they realize what Juneteenth is actually like observing
0: I we got Juneteenth ice cream though at Walmart, guys. Oh, well, they took
1: the funny thing is, is that I know I can't say much because then I'll be able to be traced back to shit. But anyway, but I think it's a good time to note the first point of issue four agenda notes, and that's white people be white people in.
0: Yeah, we we gonna get to that.
2: I, so... I think it's actually kind of funny because um, Victoria has Monday off because of Juneteenth. And she, like, it, like it's awesome. Like it should be a federal holiday, but as a white people, Victoria doesn't quite know how to feel that she has mm-hmm. off when we're marking the end of slavery.
0: Yes, yeah, a little.
2: So she's she's having a weensy bit of an existential crisis, and I think it's really funny. Like on, the, <laughs> on my end
1: of that, it's like a that's right. Work harder on Juneteenth, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh, no.
3: god oh no um so
0: yeah um from one horrible situation of real life to the real like, like to the story we're reading um we have uh like like snaggle was running into huckleberry hound at at the mansion and he brings along officer Quickdraw mcgraw as his date and it like they're super chill about it like oh yeah welcome have a good time and they're just they're just friends hanging out like like, like getting this going and like they're huckleberry just, pulls they're just, okay,
2: yeah, they're just gals being pals
0: they're just gals being pals and like um huck pulls a uh, snaggle pulls aside and goes like yo dude i'm already in love with this motherfucker like 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 he's just he has everything that i want in, like in life and i'm super happy that like you may have saved me when I was at my lowest, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm glad to hear it and um Snagglepuss goes into Cue, the back room
2: cute uncomfortable and, and laughter,
0: yeah, cause fucking Marilyn's back there, and it's like you you get this really interesting, like multi page thing about Marilyn Monroe, how she just like is super uncomfy with how men view her whether they're gawking at her or they think she's a dumb blonde with no personality and like, freak and freak, like they use her feelings about her career as like a, 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 an allegory for how Snagglepuss feels he can't be his true self. And it's really well written. And, and you didn't think that that Marilyn Monroe would be the one to get, get you in the fields.
2: Well, and the thing is, is that this is legitimately how she felt. She did not yeah. think she was she didn't think she was talented at all and she was very uncomfortable with being a sex symbol. Uh if you'll allow me to deviate for a moment, um there's a really mm. interesting story about Marilyn Monroe that comes from Jane Fonda of all people. Is that Jane Fonda was once in an acting class and there was a woman that came in with the stereotypical like scarf over the hair, the gigantic fucking sunglasses. Like like, this woman was clearly trying to hide her identity, and she was very quiet, very timid, and it was Marilyn Monroe. She was taking an act—at this point, she was probably the most famous actress in the country, and uh, she was taking acting classes because she was so terrified that she was untalented. And so I think that's it, it's really interesting because, you know, this is a real-life thing, is that she actually felt this way.
3: That kind of breaks my heart a little. Bit. Like,
2: mm-hmm. Norma know. Jean really did not sign up for this. Oh. <laughs> that that um, was Nor- Norma Jean was actually her name.
3: Yeah,
0: I, I knew that. I'm sorry. Okay. I know. I know things. Um. So from there, we have this meeting back back at the at the theater where like. Peter Potamus is at the end of his fucking rope. He's like, bro, I'm literally gonna cut I'm gonna cut this man if you if you don't do something. So um friggin' uh like uh like he has a meeting with John Wayne talking to him, like, yo, I I don't think the theater is where you shine, dog. I think you need to go be a star, like go be in the movies. And like they have this whole meeting where they talk about it and go like, all right, you know, like you you really should just be in the movies. And, like, that, that's what John Wayne ends up doing. He, like, ends up starting to, to do his thing and, like, be his true self. They even, like, duck, like, like, bring back that speech with, with the television, uh, like, host of the fact that, like, yes, yeah, some stars are meant to be two-dimensional and some stars are meant to be on the stage and, like, have to be their full selves in there. And, like, they end up, like, like going through the rest of the issue talking about how... Um, people like, like have to like live their full lives in different ways. Like in the end, what like what makes a character meaningful isn't what uh, what's unique about them, but what's common. And that's a really fucking like kick to the head of like, damn, we we can't always be our true selves. We have to like put on a put on a show no matter what for some people. Like, damn, that's
2: so, right. Some, something I think is funny is when Snagglepuss is talking to Mary and He's like, "Have you ever considered auditioning for a Western?" <laughs> so, and i think i, I think it's interesting so. that at the end of this you know we have Snagglepost giving that really impassioned speech about you know how we can't always be our authentic selves and the next issue opens with who
3: G-G.
0: G-G. we don't get this easy don't you worry so
2: I just flipped a page and I forgot that my favorite line in this whole fucking book is, I don't know, Apple themes or something.
0: Yes, because fucking, um, the, the, the I, I titled this, the, this, in the, in the agenda as white people be white people in, because this issue is literally just fucking like white people being ignorant. So the issue starts off with G- Gigi Allen giving a speech at, a like like, like not on, like they sort of like do half of it at a meeting like with the mccarthy people but also then moving it to a school where she's like having to speak at a school in nevada about like, what's needed to be done and she gives this analogy of you know like how there's a pristine apple and how it's perfect and it's the way we want it to be then you take a bite out of it, and there's a- a half dead worm inside that you just bit into and that, like and that's the agitator, the worm is the agitator. well, I'm the people that's like that, that snuff out the agitator, and like we we want to get rid of communism and all this other fun shit and then there there's this kid that asks her, um, what are communists in the analogy, and she goes, "I don't know apple thieves or something
2: I'm sorry, it's what? just
3: Travis, you were going to say something? No, I
1: said what? analogy. <laughs> <It's a garden
2: laughs> <personality. laughs> yeah,
3: um, Ma- Mary, what were you...
2: Oh, I, I was just like... I-, I just think it's funny because, like, her facial expression, she's like, oh, shit, I didn't get this far in my propaganda. I- they're-, they're apple thieves.
0: <laughs> right, like, she even finish the freaking propaganda the way I needed to be. And then, like, the next, like, four pages... Are this amazing like discussion with this um fucking like scientist dude who flat out tells Gigi to her fucking face that like none of the bomb shelters matter that we make for the, like, for the the civilians they're just meant not only as a propaganda tool to make people believe that they're 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 going to be effective but also to make the Russians think that we can survive whatever we throw at them and like. Like he tells this whole story about how that math will never be real math because like, like certain equations don't have solutions. So we just have to create a facade and, uh, and and make it feel like we, we have the right answers. And there's this funny imaginary numbers. Like, yeah, imaginary numbers, like just flat out. And like, there's this amazing little moment where he goes, I realized that uh, there's no such thing as truth, only usefulness and there's this drill sergeant who's pushing people into into a fallout into a fallout shed like a literal fucking shed with like a toxic and there's this little kid who's like there isn't enough room for me in there and he's like well i don't know jimmy Then maybe try to be last into the fallout shed and it's like truth of the matter jimmy is none of y'all are gonna live
2: (laughs) see the the hilarious thing is um, My parents grew up in the Red Scare because dad was born in 58 and mom was born in 59 so they were kids in the early 60s and they they loved nothing more than to regale my brother and I with truly horrifying stories Um, that they would have, have cover drills where they were drills that were designed okay if the Soviets start bombing us you need to hide. Your desks because that will totally protect you. And now, granted, hiding away does actually protect you in some degree. Um, because we saw with the hydrogen bombs at uh Hiroshima and Nagasaki that, um, the, the flash that more or less like upgraded people if you were even hiding like if you were behind a wall you didn't get vaporized or melted or it, it is not a good way to go so like it is a matter of some security but no it was honestly and, and I think it ties back into what you know these last few pages were that you know duck and cover it wouldn't have fucking mattered if somebody started dropping nukes my parents would have been vaporized Oh, ass
0: would have been grass, and like so from there, we end up getting the continuation of sort of like like Snagglepus's newest play is literally him leaving for the big city and leaving Huckleberry Hound behind. like he's telling the true story that matters, and then we actually see the true flashback of when he left town and Huckleberry had like staying behind because he couldn't leave. He had a family. He couldn't be his true self, and like was making that jump to actually try to accomplish that. And then there's this scene with Lila lion where like she flat out is like, "Yo, I get it. You 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 are who you are. But like, can this marriage mean something? Like, I I always put put up the facade. I always be your friend. But like, can I get something? Can I get like like companionship more than just like a meal every once in a while?" Like, I need something, and she's like, and he flat out goes, I'm sorry, I can't, I have to go, and she goes, am I not part of your life? And that kind of broke me, because, like, the, while while she, like, she really is the beard, she really is the lavender marriage, that doesn't mean she doesn't have feelings, too. She, like, she is a genuine human being that is putting up this facade for him, but at the same time, she cares for him and still wants to be happy herself, and that, that, that kind of meant some real shit. Married, Die?
2: No, I'm still here.
0: Okay. Uh, making sure Married. Um, so from there, we, we pan over to H- Uncle Barry Hound and Quickdraw McGraw living life in, in Quickdraw's apartment. We, we find out that, ironically, Quickdraw McGraw comes from a long line of, of police horses, which is kind of funny.
2: <laughs> I also think it's um, hilarious that he's a police horse.
0: Just in general, the fact that he's a police horse and that he comes from a long line of police, and like it's genuinely kind of sweet how like um like because that uh H- Huck has got to be his true self recently. He started to write again. he's starting to believe in, re- in the good stuff again and be his true self. And like him and, and, Huck, and him, him and Huck have actually kind of like found love in each other. And they they like put like put on their like their masks or whatever. And they leave like to go like to their jobs and like out in the apartment hallway. um uh, Berry goes. Well, thank you for your help, officer. I shall contact you again if I find myself in difficulty. And they they go back to living life and like that's just kind of how it was back then. You had you had to like wear your mask and go about your business. Kind of sucks. Um, but like and, like and, like after that whole moment, you then have snagglepuss and pablo after we had snagglepuss and lion where um pablo's flat out like i'm tired of being in the like, like in, the, in the shadows dog like i i, I want to be with you i want to be like, like truly with you i don't want to have to hide anymore i'm tired of the bullshit and snagglepuss is like bro you realize how hard that shit is for me like i can't do that right now like it like like and he goes yo i'm gonna pick you up at eight we're gonna go we're gonna go to stonewall and we're gonna go about our business. And then Gigi motherfucking Allen fucking goes to the New York Police Office and I, says, I'm, "Yo,
2: I'm married, it's country."
0: <laughs> like it's just... <laughs> and like, like, like she flat out goes, "Yo, I'm like, like I will pull the rug out from under all your bullshit and and find like, and like expose feds to your little racket." if you don't raid the stone wall and get me snaggle puss and, and, and the police chief goes yeah i got you i got you fam i got you and um all the police officers get ready and quick and quick draw mcgraw's like yo that's my beat like i don't know if that's a good vibe for me to be going down there when like like i'm always down there running the numbers doing what we got to do and flat out, the, the police chief looks in dead in the eye and goes, you better get on board if you want to remain on the force. Damn, that sucks.
3: Um,
2: This but- next sequence is something that I want to talk about. If I may. This one's gonna be- Pardon me?
3: I said go for it. It's going
0: to be a rough time.
2: Yeah. And so this next sequence is, um, pretty, uh, it's pretty difficult because um, we see that Snagglepuss is actually surprising Pablo. He's like, uh, taking him to Stonewall. Oh no, they drive right past it. He takes uh, Pablo home to meet Lila. So, you know, Lila is getting that, comp- like, you know, he's like, let right by this man that i'm in love with and who i imagine is his best friend and this is the opening of the scene And the middle is when the police raid stonewall and huckleberry is sitting at the bar and the bartender again because you know we saw earlier in the book that quickdraw went to pick up the in- like, totally inconspicuous envelope full of cash. And the bartender's like, dude, what are you doing? We're all paid up. And the co- there's a lot of, um, they start rounding men up, they start arresting them, and Huckleberry comes sitting at the bar, and he's got a book, and he looks over his shoulder, and makes eye contact with Quickdraw, and says, hello, officer. He says, hello again, officer. And one of, uh, Uh, the other and quick drop panics and there is this look of absolute heartbreak on his face that he's about to do this and um, I, I, I feel like I'm getting it and I would argue this is probably one of the most intense scenes in the book is Quickdraw, really
3: ta-
2: <laughs> <laughs> Quickdraw takes his baton and says, Get in the w you faggot and beats Huckleberry Hound. And the next thing we the next thing is Quickdraw putting a, you know, very battered Huckleberry Hound in the back of the police wagon. And another officer's like, Your pumpkin awaits Cinderella. And um you know, the police, you know, the police chief is like, well, we did what we had to do. Sorry, boys. I know a lot of you were counting on that money, but there's pie and coffee back at the station. And um, uh, Quick Drop, basically, he's the last one there, and he just falls to the ground. He is broken. Because you know, not only that, like, this is a man he loved, but, you know, Obviously, I, I don't want you to think that I am trying to justify his actions at all. What he did here was, was awful. But I feel like this is a good representation of what happened back then. And this sequence is closed out by a, a big old chunk of hypocrisy. And again, where we see probably our most relevant tie-in with Roy Cohn is that we see Gigi and in a previous scene, she's mentioned that she lives with a roommate, but she considers herself married to her country. And, um, her roommate... No, I hate you guys. I hate you guys. <laughs> <laughs> her roommate uh, says, Gigi, 3 in the morning. And she's like, like you know, just kind of, kind of like, barf, I'm tired. And the roommate, you know, goes to the kitchen and is pouring a glass of milk. And she said, did you get your, uh, did you get your man, Sheriff? And Gigi sighs and she's like, I don't know. I think so. And the named roommate, uh, bends over to give Gigi the glass of milk and gives her a big old kiss and says, you always do. You know, she's like, I I think I got the guy. And, you know, her girlfriend's like, yeah, you always do. So she lives with her girlfriend. And, you know, she's probably a lesbian. Hypocrisy! And and I think here's, this is interesting, because if we look at this three-act sequence here, we have uh, two people on really opposite ends of the spectrum here, where we have opening it and Gigi closing it. And, you know, she is embroiled deep in hypocrisy. And, you know, while she's using homosexuality as a bit of a dog whistle, you can tell her primary focus is communism. And, you know, if you go back and look at it in hindsight, knowing that she herself is a closeted gay, that um, you can see why she tries to meet with Snagglepuss the way she does. And they have have an really interesting interaction later on. You know, we have Snagglepuss, he bypasses Stonewall entirely to take Pablo home to his beard and so we see that the two deeply closeted people have nice even families but Huckleberry Hound, who has finally started to embrace this side of himself is mercilessly beaten by the man he loves for being openly himself and now the book saying that you should never come out. Again, keep in mind this was 1953. But there are on both sides of this issue that, you know, it's essentially raising the argument of did closeted queer people at this time, you know, did they do something wrong? I mean, obviously, the did they do something wrong equation because yes, she did. But, you know, look at Snagglepuss. Like, he is very adamant about staying closeted. And the this ties back to what I said about Huckleberry Hound being the opposite, is that where Snagglepuss is closeted and private, Huckleberry Hound is fully embracing that side of himself. And this is what happens. And it gets worse for him still. So I think it's a really interesting gut punch that we see Puss, you know, making peace with both Pablo and Lila, and then we see this happen with Huckleberry, and then the gut punch and Travis. I'm thinking this is that's when you saw uh, Gigi with her wife, girlfriend, whatever. Uh, it's just uh, like I saw her with the milk. and so like it's just that anger that you bitch. Like, I think that was my, I think that was my reaction but for the first time. I'm like, oh, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. And so I think it's just an me and Russell really lays it out very, very well. Uh, you know, you have cuteness with soul crushing. Which by, you know, if you look at it on the surface level, the cuteness as well, because you can tell like james really praised the art earlier and it, it requires all of the praise in the world because it, Gigi, it, it's the final page and that's all it is and you know when she walks, walks at the door she visibly relaxes that you she's kind of lounging on the couch, you know, when the girlfriend kind of pops around the corner, she's got this little bit of a smile on her face and she's real tired. And you know she's home, she's comfortable. Her girlfriend's bending over, giving her a kiss. Like it's just something body language in that third panel that is completely different from everything we have seen her in before. She has a very rigid posture. She's very command she has a very commanding presence. And she's just fucking tired. And so it's interesting to see her shed that of how much of what she is doing is a character. You know, again, this is not involving her of any of her actions. And, you know, we see her being the biggest Roy Cohn tie-in because Roy Cohn is largely believed to have been a closeted gay man himself and uh so much so that uh he actually died in 1986 from complications due to aids so Damn. yeah so that's how that influenced. well and so like but do you guys see what i mean about this three section segment just absolutely yeah. changing the narrative entirely that at this point um like there have been moments here like huck huck got punched by that guy but this is where we see everything be real if that makes any sense
0: oh. so from there we have snagglepuss the, ne- the next day like working on hit like the play of him and huckleberry meeting and oogie Doggie's like yo you got a phone call and dude's like, "Are you fucking kidding me? We we got a play going on here." And he's like, "Hey, um, he says he only gets one call." And he's like, "Huck? Oh shit!" And, and goes bails. Huckleberry and Blair out of jail. And as um, like he's he's getting Huckleberry out. The cop who's watching the the desk is like, "He's all yours. Good night, princess." like 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 just em- emphasizing like like like, like, the, like the queerness so much trying to apply that femininity to him because of it and it's just like ugh and, H- and huckleberry's like yo where were you and and sagopus is like yo something came up and he just feels super bad about what's going on and when they take like huck home he w- gets there and finds a newspaper that, that like with his face on it saying novelist nab in, in a den of the- a deviance and it's like holy fucking shit like the, the, like he's front page news and now his career in the eyes of many is over and he says a man can no uh, no more hide his nature and outrun his shadow apparently and that just stung
2: i also and like, like that, I d- that it's that it's paired to hometown that in the C yeah. was talking to the math guy that um, she was at a bomb test site in Nevada and they would set up like these little simulated towns to see what uh, the bomb would do on urban um, if dropped on an urban target. and it's a very tongue-in-cheek name. they're calling it Doomtown and it's welcome to Doomtown, Doomtown, population zero. And yeah. you know we see the shattered houses and the mannequins sitting at the table like one's decapitated the other one is like half melted so this is where shit falls apart
0: Yep. now we're into issue five where we're finally gonna just knock over all the rest of the dominoes and cause havoc so from there like the the issue opens with um I believe uh this is Khrushchev I think this is Khrushchev i think Chef? so yeah this is khrushchev and khrushchev is talking to one of his generals and the general is like flat out t- trying to tell him like hey um i don't think we should go that big because like we don't want to cause like, like freaking like mass destruction and khrushchev tells a story about like how Um, he was there during the Stalin era and that like, even at 60 years old, he, he did whatever Stalin told him to do, even if it meant doing a Ukrainian folk dance and like doing whatever he had to like, like that way he could be like, 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 and not only stay alive, but gain power to the point that once uh, Stalin died, he killed off any competition he had and became in charge. And he tells his general as his generals being escorted away for like telling him what to do. Um, he, he says, sometimes uh, like, like you just got to dance when a motherfucker tells you to dance. And, like, like, and we, we then cut to Gigi um, get, getting told by her associates that, hey, you got the wrong one. It wasn't Snagglepuss there. It was freaking Huckleberry Hound. And now we have no leverage. And then Gigi goes, oh, no, no, no. this is all the leverage we fucking need because now we will continue to ruin huckleberry if he doesn't play ball and they have one more meeting at the hotel and like, like uh Gigi even goes i'm sorry about your friend i i, I never uh, wanted anyone to get hurt and he he, he flat out goes you didn't like, you don't get to sell your soul and then say the devil made you do it bitch and that <laughs> <It> line
2: just, <laughs> that line is sorry, that line is one i've always been been really hung up on since the first time i read it because the previous when she basically says you know we're gonna make huckleberry dance is that in the second drag from her cigarette and she has this very haunted look on her face because if you zoom in and she's got that thousand yard stare like her face is just very good and like this is where we kind of at least in my interpretation this is where we kind of start to see how it affects her personally. Because, Mm -hmm. again, not absolving her of anything. But you can see that she's really not interested in hunting down other gay people. It's those damn dirty communists that she's after. And it's not very hard to figure out that Snagglepuss has pro at least in my interpretation, that Snagglepuss has probably figured out. And so if you think about the line in terms of them both being gay, and, you know, he says, you don't get to sell your soul and then say the devil made you do it. Like, this is, you know, this is a queer person who is taking you, who busted Stonewall. Like, and she, like, I w- I would believe she didn't want someone to get hurt, but I really like that line from very calmly lighting. And she just and she's just giving him a look. And she's that's when she knows that she's been at least again. I feel like this is when she knows she's been figured out. That he's mm-hmm. he's put it together. And she yeah. knows she knows that she's screwed. And I think this conversation is very interesting because to a degree, I think she's actually who save him
0: right, like she out even goes like it's it's not too late. like you don't have to be that naive. You can give up the communists or whatever. like you can do what needs to be done to save Huck
2: and but here's the th- like even with her trying to you know, uh, in the earlier issues where she's like, look, Snagopos, you're America's greatest playwright. You need to speak out against, you know, those damn dirty communists in literature. And if you look at it for the lens that they're both queer, like, I almost, I get the feeling that she is almost trying to save him from this. And, um, you know, trying to bust Stonewall was her trying to get legitimate blackmail on him. I, because I feel like I could have made it to the press if they picked up Naglebus.
3: Yeah, Be- it definitely would have.
2: <laughs> well, I don't think would have. I think she would have suppressed it right away. But uh, because you know she's from the State Department, she has you know, and this is the '50s. She has that power. She could very easily get it suppressed.
0: Oh, yeah, no. like she's even she's even trying to make a deal like, hey, we could suppress Huckleberry stuff and get him clean if you just play ball. And it's like, that's not something I can do. Like, I don't I'm not going to do that. And from I- and from there, we ha- like we have even him finally going, well, fuck, I guess I might have to do that. And like he goes back to Lila and Pablo and flat out goes, you know, I might have to like hang myself to save Huck. And that kind of sucks
2: really James
0: I did it on purpose and I will have no I will have no blame at my feet but um also but, I but do anyway, want, I, pro-
2: I do want to point out go for I it think it's, I think it's really cute that he has little, little slits in his hat so his ears can stick out
0: Yes, it's very adorable. <laughs> um, so from there, like right as he's about to go, like um, like li- li- get things together, he goes to see Huck one more time, and you see on Huckleberry's door, people have been throwing like food at it and like gross stuff. They wrote, um, friggin' like uh, like li- they-, they wrote sodomite and pervert on it because like people are fucking horrible. And Huck's at the end of his fucking rope, like he he's just like had it really, James. And- Damn. Shut up! Shut up,
1: Barry. Damn! Spoilers. Shut up, Barry. Spoilers.
0: <laughs> I didn't say anything. I didn't say nothing. Um, I, I I didn't say nothing. Um, so and like like he's trying to like just keep Huckleberry up uh, up and like keep him motivated despite everything. And tells like like tries to remind him of this shitty uh, preacher, like, like like Sunday school teacher they knew, who would tell them on Judgment Day everyone would be judged for all their sins, and that how like as kids they try to do like a bunch of like small sins that way they would just give up and put them into heaven and whatnot, like yawning at a funeral and long baths and stuff like that. And then apparently the fucking like like the Sunday school teacher ended up dying of from high blood pressure. So it, it, like like that, that's just Huck. That's just Nigel. us going, yo, Huck, keep keep motivated. You're gonna be all right. Lila's gonna come get you tomorrow. You're gonna come stay with us for a while. It's gonna be all right. And the next day, um, like like Gigi still trying. Like yo, just play ball and we can make everything go like like go away because like that way, not like there, there's no more problems and Huckleberry will be okay. And Snagglepuss goes outside to make one more phone call to check in, and like, 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 and tell Lila, to, to tell Hug not to worry. And Lila's like, "Bro, listen to me. Stop being a, like, like a, a martyr. You don't have to be a martyr because Huckleberry Hound committed suicide." I love like when Lila got there and like the manager of the of the apartment complex, let it let let her in Huckleberry Hound had hung himself. And yeah, saying like he leaves Snagglepost this long letter and like he just had given up because he like many felt that he didn't belong. He felt like he couldn't be his true self. And it really
3: stings. Just yeah. Y'all and got me
2: fucked from... up
1: right now. <laughs> Goddamn, <it>, Travis! <laughs> I, I,
2: I, like I said, Travis, this book goes hard.
0: This book goes hard. Like, 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 this was the book that made me finally come out because Mary knew that I was struggling. Like, like, she, like she gave this to me because, like, I, 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 there was a lot going on in my head, and like seeing these characters go through this, like, like, made me finally quit playing around. And like not like, like like hide who I am. So like you know this book this book goes hard. <laughs> so from there like huh, like like, like Snagglepuss just sort of like goes like slump in the phone booth, and Lila's like yo are you good dog like 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 are you okay? And he's like you know what fuck it I'm gonna put them all on blast, and, and, and like it, even if it means like 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 fucking my whole career, and he, like he like he tells her goodbye and everything. And that like they show one last showing of the play to even where um, Peter Potamus is like, yo, we're going to do our best for Snagopus, even if it means tomorrow, we can't even l- 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 look him in the eye anymore. And like he arrives at court and he basically just put puts everybody on blast. He talks about how they're all a bunch of fucking hypocrites looking for shit that doesn't exist and talks about how like. It's literally a witch hunt for no goddamn reason. And there's even the one guy who's like, I don't think you understand. This is this committee's giving you a chance to be a loyal American, to be there for your people. And he's like, I- I'm being a real American by actually being real and being my true self. Like, subversion exists whether you like it or not. Not everyone's gonna be a cookie-cutter piece of shit like the rest of you. And it's very hard for him to go about this like it's all juxtaposed with um the opening night of the play in the background of of, the, of all of this and he even said he even says power merely uh, like re- uh, redecorates like, like like what happens because in every era there is subversion whether you like it or not it's just power makes it seem like like you want to keep your way of life depending on like, like regardless of what the next era will be Thing I, think you is, for
1: it. I love how the dude's like, you're insulting all the millions of Americans who have voted for us, and immediately he's like, Really? I had no idea it was being so efficient.
3: <laughs>
2: and something I think is interesting is that through his testimony, where he is thoroughly verbally eviscerating everyone in that room, um to take control of the hearings. Again, I think like I don't have to think I'm simping for because I'm not. I think it's just a <laughs> really interesting look at both sides you know it, yeah. it uh, to actually get into the mind of someone like Gigi and she is far less villainous than Roy Cohn Roy Cohn was he's the documented jessel. um, and you know far less villainous but he really calls her like he he off the top rope with the steel chair like you know through the steel cage and then sets it on fire that's how hard he eviscerates her
3: mm-hmm.
2: and she throws up like, like you know a mushroom and she's like man do you know what this is do you know what the communists would do to us and eventually she throws up a slide of huckleberry hound and
3: mm-hmm.
2: she and she says I hope didn't have come to this but do you know this man and he's like i do that's huckleberry hound he is the best friend i ever had and um and um you know Gigi does the whole are you that he's being tried with public indecency and he's like yep i know that but you will never convict him and she's like oh really why the hell not and he says because he already killed him he committed suicide and in the next panel. She has this shattered look on her face. And I think this is where she says her most damning line. She says, I I, I never intended if he just kept it private. Like, you, you know, I, I, I feel like it's one of those there, but by the grace of God goes me kind of a thing. Is that, um, and he you want us to keep and and, uh post responds with you want us to keep ourselves discreetly out of view not so that we will live in secret but that we might die there as well and she snaps and she says the witness will only respond to questions that have been asked and he's like nah bitch you can ruin me later but i will be hurt and like again he's figured her out and Mm -hmm. it's just in because seldom do we actually I, I think why i'm so taken by this is that seldom do we actually see conflict with two queer people you know particularly one is like damn those communists and the other one is just kind of like or you know maybe just let people live like so I think it's very interesting because how often we you know in common books and movies and tv shows and how often do we see like genuine sociopolitical conflict between queer people it's almost unheard of and to see these two you know titans with their respective sides going hard at each other and snagglepuss and taking a baseball bat to her kneecaps you, you know he's like you don't get to sell your soul to the devil and say the devil made you do it like so, I, I think it's interesting is that, you know, she is another side to him because if he played along with her, that is a what he would have become. He would have become her. And, you know, he even says uh, later on that you know, we have to be a nation that rises above our fear or we become it. And, when he, you know, it, it is a shot of her when he says, or we become it. You know, she has become queer people have feared while you know trying to keep her own relationship tucked away and so like it's just, it's so goddamn multifaceted like you know we have the yes. rich cele- we have the rich celebrity try- trying to hide just to make his own life e- easier we have the bitch who is so far in the closet that she has found narnia and christmas presents and possibly the fourth <laughs> dimension and then we have huckleberry town <laughs> the one person who ch- Genuinely tried to be authentic, gets beaten by his by his cop boyfriend, and then kills himself after being exposed for having an affair with a man. You know his wife. You know, it's just this. He lost him. and so we have three different perspectives, and I think it is a really complete picture of what this was like, and ah. Uh,
0: It's very well done and it like it, it tugs at you in the best ways. And like Mary said, it's very multifaceted because it hits you in every which way and shows you that we were all kinda of, well not, not we, but like like queer people in that era were hurting in multiple like multiple different ways and trying to preserve their way of life in any way possible if they could. And some people just couldn't, which really sucks. And in um, a really
2: in a really consequential, um Lila uh gets served with divorce papers snagglepuss is divorcing her. and oh. it's not as many any really any because you know this goes back to her companionship thing she's like when do i get to be a person kind of a thing and he's like okay i'm gonna let you go like you know it, it's just it's very symbolic um, He says, so during uh, the gloriously brief sigh in between, uh, we must live our lives the way we want to, whatever the consequences. And that panel is Gigi's on the left, Snagglepuss is on the right, and the slide with Huckleberry Hound is in the center. And these three are living their lives, well, two... You know, Huckleberry was trying to live his life. These three wanted to live their lives according to their own things, and now the the consequences have. to be. I mean, Huckleberry has to have his own life. Snagglepuss has to live with that. You know, Gigi has to live with that. I mean, these are the consequences of their actions. And I yeah. think it's interesting that it's essentially the, this fight. On the grave of the one person in this whole fucking book that tried to be authentic, and again, I don't know if I'm giving like genuinely good analysis or my. No, head, like you're it, my good. Head, you're good.
0: You're you're. you're, you're um, good. I I, w- I want to cut to Travis because I feel like Travis needs to speak up a little bit.
1: <laughs> that that I'm sad again. That's fucked up. Look, <laughs> God damn. <it. laughs>
0: Um. So yeah, that was the entirety of issue four and issue five. We're gonna try to wrap up in like a nice bow because it, like it just kind of like it ties up everyone's stories very quick Like like no, that was
1: that was issue five, good sir.
0: Not in issue five, issue six. Uh, like, like like issue six like ties everything up the way it needs to very clean, que- uh, like uh, like like cleanly. And I want to make sure that we like we end on a good note because <laughs> the not issue o-
2: opens with Nixon.
0: It really it opens with Nixon, and it, it, it like almost verbatim like rehashes the lat, like, 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 like the speech like um uh like Snacklepus gave, but from a uh, Khrushchev perspective in a way. Because he flat out kind of goes, yo, like, your country kind of sucks, bro. Like, you're horrible to your people. You, like, like your inspirations for media are stolen from black people and other and other, and other individuals. And you, but then you torture them for it. Like, you're all horrible. But, like, I'll still come visit you because I want to, like, keep peace. And it's, it's, it's very funny. And then we see that Snagglepuss is starting to get the black ball letters and that his career is ruined. And then we jump uh, to two like, five years later, where now uh, like, we see that well, before the, before the five-year jump, we see that a uh, Snagglepuss meets with his father one last time and puts him to bed after like a, a long discussion. But then we have the five-year jump where like Snagglepuss is just kind of existing walking down the road. And then there's a family who wants to take a picture of what with him because of the court case and then he goes to meet a, a different person at the hotel and ends up being Ogie Doggy, who became a famous writer by telling Snagglepuss's story and I thought that was a nice little point there and like while, like, while Snagglepuss's career has been destroyed Ogie got to tell his story and, and like and let it be known. From there, he goes home. Snagglepuss he, uh, he sees that Lila is now happy and married, and like doing better now. And then, who shows up at his door? But quick draw, motherfucking McGraw, <laughs> because he he comes there to repent in a way, like 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 and apologize for what happened to Huckleberry, and then goes, "Yo, I I I know I can't make up for it, like genuinely, but I want to help you because you've been blackballed." With cartoons, they want to turn us uh, animals into cartoons, and I have my own now. I'm doing great. I'm known as Quick Draw McGraw, and I want to help you too. And he's like, "Bitch, get the fuck out of my house." And
2: something something that is important to mention is that um, Quick Draw, will you know, that uh, shows extraordinary restraint to not rip his throat out. But uh, Quick Draw McGraw is that. Um, uh do do do, do. he's like Barry, I really did. I would give anything uh to for things to have gone differently. And he said I've and it was all for nothing. And then they busted, he got busted on his own a few years later. And we see, that, you know, he gets caught in the car with another man and some cops like, uh, quick draw, the fuck is this? And so he ends up losing everything anyway. And Asielpo says this really damning line, and he says that's not remorse, it's hindsight.
3: Mm. Okay. Oh, sorry, I, I
0: had to check on something real quick. Um, but yeah, so it's it's just it's it's very funny how like quick draws are just trying to like fix everything in a in a weird way. And then we 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 finally get Huckleberry's letter that he left all this time later, like talking about how he envisions heaven and whatnot and how he's like, I wants to look for people to go on and hopefully live better. And he asks a snaggle puss to look out for hug junior, but then he gets a phone call that his father has passed away. And we finally get the big reveal that, yeah, the old man was snaggle puss's father and that snaggle puss's real name is Scotty puss. Because earlier in, the, in the, one of the issues, in the flashback from the father, um, the, mo- the mother was crying out for Scotty, which which kind of made people think that, like, oh, it probably was like another other person. And then we see Squidly Diddly ended up back at the, at, at, at the, at the nursing home uh, playing guitar because after Snagglepuss was fired, they fired Squidly. And then there's a fucking old person who wants to eat Squidly. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, like, he's like I, I killed a squid during the great war you know i'm like oh god um from there we see snagglepuss who ends up going to uh, to, to stonewall and he gets one last uh l- little shot where the bartender's like yo y- you you may think like you didn't do a whole lot but like you kind of did because now there's more bars there's more places where people can be safe and like, yeah, there will be more fights, but you've made and put and paved a way for people, so you did good. And then he sees Pablo on the TV having helped like, form a revolution in Cuba, and I was like, damn, that's fucking cool. Um, from there, freaking Snagglepuss finally gives up and hits up Quick Draw, and they paint him orange. And they call him that. Snaggletooth, like they that. call him Snaggletooth, and it's so weird. Yeah, no, I love that to death. Like, oh, we're going to paint him orange. That way no one realizes that it's actually Snaggle Plus, the famous play, right? Like, that makes fucking sense. <laughs> um, and then from there, we have the introduction of Huck Jr., who's like grown up a little bit, and he wants to be known as Huckleberry Hound in honor of his father. And when friggin' Hug Jr. meets uh Quick Draw, Quick Draw's like, oh, I um knew your father. And like now he's like, all right, bet, we about to make this man a star. And it's so cool. And it just um it en- it ends with how um like postscript script ni- 1959, Snaggle made his debut on the Quick Draw McGraw cartoon special, and the show uh was a was a success. And Snagopoulos began starring in his own cartoons in honor of his dead father. Huck Junior. always performed under the name Huckleberry Hound, so it kind of is the explanation of why there, was like, 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 who the real Huckleberry Hound was in in the cartoons, kind of thing, which I thought was kind of cool. But it just, yeah. So that was the, like this book. It's a lot. It's really fucking heavy, and I love it to death because it, it made me finally be comfortable with who I am, and I just. You're welcome. Thank you, Mary, for <laughs> giving it to me because it it really did get oh, me dude. where I needed to be. At, be dude.
2: at. dude. I'm just messing with you.
0: I, I know, but I, I was about to thank you, and then you did that. And I'm like, how did she know? So like, <laughs> damn you. <laughs> um, but no, like, I don't I don't, be, I don't. I don't want to be. I don't want to be a broken record with like with, with how Mary was like, like what she said last week, but like. This story literally helped me realize that um, doesn't matter how much hate there is in the world, you, you gotta put yourself out there and be your true self. And I even had an incident in freaking video games this past week that helped me re- remember that it doesn't fucking matter, like, what's going on or how much bullshit there is. Your true self matters most. I'm so, not- like... Yeah. I
2: have I have a bit of a question.
0: Also, um,
2: and now again, I don't know if this technically qualifies as emotional abuse or whatever, but I I do I always think it's interesting when we cover topics, you know, more controversial books, or you know, sometimes we cover stupid books. Um, and Travis learns, reacts, and reads them in real time as we're recording. So, Travis, I'm curious as to what your thoughts are because you were. You You were taking all of this in at once.
1: I'm I'm legit pretty fucked up, but like to me, this is a very compelling story. Um, Like I I wanted to truly like be here for this because this is such a big thing for James. Um, So like, thank you, James, for the opportunity to learn about you. Most definitely, Mm -hmm. Um, this book goes hard as fuck. Like I don't like the artwork, the way people are postured. The little shit that, like, Snagglepuss says that are literal, like, cartoon Snagglepuss quotes that are not as funny as they used to be, but they're, like, really fucking dark. Um, There's a lot to it, and it hits me deeper because these are cartoons that I truly, like, binged as a child. I think all of us did. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, I I don't know, dude. Right now, I'm still kind of reeling on the fucking Huck Jr. showing up. Woo!
0: Yeah, and it's Ooh. like you—you you really don't know who the real Huckleberry Hound in the TV show is, and it's just yeah. like
3: that. Like it kind of,
0: it kind, of it kind of fucks with you a little bit.
2: But the team of Mark Russell and Mike uh, Feehan, uh just absolute dream team. And Exit Stage Left would actually go on to win the Glad Award for Outstanding Comic Book. So yeah, I was going to
0: leave that for the end. Yeah, because oh, it was that right. fucking. No, you're fine. It was like, like we're at the end, so like it's it's fitting. But it's just like. That's where we're at. Like this book hit that hard. And like, like, like I said, I, I don't want to just like, like, like say everything Mary said last week, but it really is like this book is the lesson that a lot of for a lot of people, at least for me, where it's like hiding who you are is, like and like I I kind of want to take a like, take a shot of DL culture, especially here in Ohio, where it's like so many people are on the DL and it's like that sucks. But, like, especially in this era, like the time that we're in, it so much matters for you to be your true self because you can find your true love you like you never know when that could happen, and hiding from yourself is only gonna hurt you more in the long run, and that's what happened to me for so long, where like not only am I an assault- uh, an assault survivor when I tried to come out originally in high school, I pushed myself back so far. Because of it. And then I, I finally did come back out. Like I found Nardy in the closet just like freaking um, Gigi did. Like that's how far I went back. I got engaged to a girl. And now I'm finally being myself and I'm proud of who I am. So it's like when I reread this book every once in a while, it reminds me that like I will never give up that fight ever again. Because like, god damn it. Um It's funny because my namesake was also gay. My uncle was gay. And like that struggle of my dad being a dick and going, Well, um, you're not gonna have any kids, so I'm gonna name my kid after you. And just that my like it it's one of those things where you see people you like like who you see as heroes fall at the worst times because he because he yeah and like well and and not only that uh my uh uncle died died of AIDS, so like it it's one of those things where that was another thing that pushed me back in the closet of not wanting to like end up like him as well, so it's one of those things where so much fear so much like so many different levels of fear from ridicule to toxic masculinity to Fear of dying like others before you have gone into like what kept me down for so long, and i I will never allow that to happen again and this book is what got me to that point
2: may, may then, i offer may I offer a bit of levity
0: go for it
2: here's a dumbass joke for you. I feel like wherever we go when we die, I feel like your uncle just kind of reached beyond what you know what he's gonna be gay
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> like I, uh... you. Your, your your uncle is reaching beyond the mortal coil. He's like, you know what? I am. I will not like. I will finish what I started.
0: <laughs> so yeah, no, it's just James. It, what up?
1: So some 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 quick. So your you said your dad named your brother with your name.
0: No, my my because my, 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 because my, my uncle is James Clarence Portis the second. Yeah. Um. My dad when my my dad actually named my brother after himself. And then went, well, you're not going to have any kids. I'm going to name my next kid after you.
2: So does that technically make you the third?
0: Yeah, I am the third James Clarence Porter's the third.
2: Clarence. Yeah, Mm. woman, if you don't stop, Um, but
3: but
0: my middle name
2: name is Virginia. Okay. (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, but but uh, but no. So you know, it's just th- this is this is that story that always will teach me that being your true self matters more than hiding. So like 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 I said, well, like we've said always, just like there's resources, there's things that will always be there for you. We like we we will include them in the show notes because they matter um if you if you need someone to talk to like like especially this week like after i talked about what happened in, like in video games on on my tiktok about what happened this weekend um oh like i will always be a, a like someone safe to come out to if you need to talk i will never like let someone like not have that ability if you need to just talk about what's going on please reach out to me like, I'm, I'm vocal as fuck on Twitter. Like, I will. Ne- I literally just was on a podcast last night guest starring talking about how queer Tim Drake is now. Like, I don't give a fuck. So uh, if you need Tim some- Drake.
2: Proof that even queer people can be boring.
0: I swear uh, to God! <laughs> um, but um, anyway, um, just in general, just if you need somebody, we're here. Like, this is the queerest comedy podcast that there is. I feel like if you need someone to talk to, we got you. Also, um, so uh, you
2: but, yeah. know, while I have the both of you here, I actually do want to say something, and this is this is actually a little difficult for for me to say. Um, but uh, I I don't know if you guys knew this, and uh, honestly, I like I still need to talk to Victoria about this too. But um, I I am gay and it's just that's that's real hard for me to talk about sometimes
0: I'm, I'm gonna kick you in the head
2: <laughs> I swear to god I'm sorry I think I Travis sold. do, Travis, do I you I I mean, old, that.
0: Do, Travis do you want to say anything what, 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 like since we're having a coming out party like fuck
2: it's shit bro like, <laughs> I think we already did that part
1: yeah what we party?
0: did that part <laughs>
2: Oh, admit it! It was perfect.
0: <laughs> it was. It was pretty good. Um, but you know, um, this the, the 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 show is always going to be here for people, and like, yeah, I I just I appreciate folks for for listening. Uh, w- but we will be back next week uh, with a brand new episode to, to keep the momentum going for Pride Month. Don't forget that you can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, um, Audible, Amazon Music, all those great places. Uh, Except for SoundCloud, we we don't support SoundCloud. You can uh, follow us on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram at P2P underscore podcast. And just get ready for more content because we are Mm going to be going hard. Even after Pride Month, we're, like, making plans for more stuff. So, like, get hype because, hell, Kamagudo is coming back because I have to bitch about the Young Justice finale more. So that'll be a fun time. Um,
2: (laughs) We uh, we We might not get to it in Pride Month, but I do have a Bombshells episode written.
0: Oh, yeah, Bombshells is coming, too. Um, Travis, um, what is your closing statement for for issue number 78 of Panel to Panel?
1: Where the fuck, if you guys keep making me have these roller coasters of emotions, I will come for you next. <laughs>
2: <laughs> See, I- um, I feel like- Travis, I feel like bombshells will be a good palate cleanser for you. Yes,
0: yes, it will be. It's a- it's a lot- it's a lot of- it's a lot of mini-issues, but it's gonna be great for you.
1: This was hard, bro, like, and, okay, so- uh, I I'm I'm showing my partner Watchmen right now. Like Oof. we just got through the Zack Snyder movie, and we're halfway through the first episode of the series. So like, fuck.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can
2: watch some stand up or something. <laughs> Hang on, Mary. What is,
0: what is what's your closing statement?
2: Sorry, I was thinking about Regina King for a minute. Um, <laughs> 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 uh-huh. um but. You know, to, just to kind of extend on James's point that, you know, you can really find any of the three of us on Twitter. Because um, uh, I'm at Sapphic Inc on Twitter. Uh, I don't know if I recommend following me or not, unless you're really into listening to someone yell about Greek literature. Um, <laughs> because I am pretentious.
0: You, you! Oh my gosh, stop it. Um,
2: but but you know uh, like James said I'm I'm here to listen as well if you need to talk my DMs are open like yes. you are not alone in this and also Euripides is the single best Greek playwright don't at me
0: <laughs> Anyway my closing statement as always is support your local comic book shop because there are always books like this that will be continue to, to continue to be created for people like us like we just had D- dc of all people published galaxy the prettiest star this uh, this past month like that book has, is swinging hard in the fences for a lot of people so like there will always be great stories for us so keep believing and keep pre-ordering and keep doing the damn thing um but oh but still like don't be afraid to be your true self and that's that's that's
1: the key
2: unless that um, true self is a lizard person in which case maybe keep that under wrap
1: yeah, po- yeah probably um I'm talking to you gwyneth paltrow
3: God
0: damn it. <laughs> no, don't get her started don't get her started we will catch you folks right next time next week right here on panel to panel peace out